Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Wednesday, December 13th. The Kansas City Chiefs are preparing for a beautiful, wonderful noon kickoff this Sunday against the New England Patriots. Coming off of back-to-back losses, so let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sween, Chiefs got some serious work to do if they want to stay in this uh, first-round by AFC playoff picture. Yeah, the chances at the bye have dipped uh, quite significantly. And, you know, you'd expect that uh, having lost four of six games, it's actually, when you, when you think about it in that fashion, it's actually surprising that they're even, uh, you know, they're even as a path to the bye. But a lot has to do with the Ravens and the, the Dolphins and their schedule. And they were certainly aided by the fact that the Dolphins dropped that game to the Titans on Monday night. So there is a slight uh, door open, uh, I think, you know, optimistic, if the optimistic view, you'll take the number two seed because I, I just think that seems like it's, it's a lot more likely, uh, especially given the fact that the next couple matchups here for Kansas City, very wibble games. So you put yourself in, in a position to be 12 and five, I, I think you're probably looking at the number two. And as I've been trying to remind people uh, lately here, and I will over the next uh, week or so, if you hear me on the radio and TV or, or whatever, uh, the 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 number two seat's good because uh, I think the AFC this year, it, you know, it's kind of played out where one team's being another, and then you see another team beat another team that lost to that first team we're talking about. Where let's say the Ravens, and, and this seems like the most likely scenario, were to get the number one seat, they were to lose their divisional round game, and the Chiefs just continue to to win games, which I mean they have to do first, right? But if they continue to win games, uh, then they would end up hosting the AFC title game for the sixth straight year. So. It, it's frustrating. Um, I, I don't think the Chiefs are getting the bye week. I think they will be uh, playing at Arrowhead Stadium on, on Wild Card Weekend. But uh, just remember that it doesn't necessarily mean that the AFC title game can't be played in Kansas City if things break their way in the playoffs. Yeah, obviously they need a lot of help here moving forward. But this is a situation that they find themselves in. And it really just speaks volumes to the entire AFC, which is just totally up in the air still. There's six teams uh, with, with, I think, a seven and six record, and it, it's just total chaos in the playoff picture. Like, I, I in a couple of weeks here, uh, just depending on how this thing plays out, we could be looking at a totally different AFC playoff picture with those standings right now. Yeah, and uh, you know there just are so many options. Uh, I know we're going to get into to Kansas City in the final stretch here. You know, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about that. But you know, let's play it out here really quickly. And you know, you put the Chiefs at 12 and five. They're like, okay, well, who is the seven seed going to be? Like, who would they be playing on Wild Card Weekend? There's one, two, three, six teams right now, Steve, at seven and six. It could be the Steelers. It could be the Colts. It could be the Texans. It could be the Broncos. It could even be the Jake Browning Bengals, or you might see the Buffalo Bills again. So uh, even as the Chiefs take care of business, I think 
in previous years, there, there had been scoreboard watching with the hopes to get the one seed. As I said, I, I feel like that is a, a reach at this point. Um, however, I, I think we'll be watching the scoreboard to see who this seven seed is because of the the teams I just mentioned. I just feel like this is a, a year where the seven seed, maybe in previous seasons, has been not so spicy, not so good. Whereas I think you know, if you were to get the two and the Chiefs were had to welcome in the seventh, that might be a very interesting team that kind of is on the rise, kind of had a late surge, um, you know, because there are so many teams left, they're going to have to have a late surge. And more interesting 2-7 matchup than maybe the last time the Chiefs had to do this two years ago against what was a, a lowly Pittsburgh Steelers game. You remember that? That was before Juju came to Kansas City for the one year he had been recruiting from in. They were trying to do everything in their power to pull off an upset. It wasn't really ever uh, a game, whereas I think this would be a much more interesting upset type of scenario, which is scary in its own right. But again, this is why you play the games in the NFL. And I just continue to believe that uh, even you know at the top, I, I like the Baltimore Ravens, but am I, am I sure, even if you were to take the Chiefs out of it, that they would be the best of the remaining teams in a playoff tournament scenario? I, I don't know that, so... Very unpredictable times ahead, and so we'll be scoreboard watching and standings watching. Yeah, and obviously things have worked out in the Chiefs' favor just schedule-wise when you look at the three teams that they're really in a race right now with with for the first round by in the Baltimore Ravens, Miami Dolphins, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like The Chiefs clearly have an easier schedule the rest of the way than all of those teams, and they're playing backup quarterbacks in Bailey Zappi this week, Aiden O'Connell, Jake Browning, and Easton Stick the rest of the way. And so it it seems like it's all on the table right now for the Chiefs to run run things and put themselves in a position to possibly steal that one seat away from everybody else in the AFC. But just kind of looking at the schedule and looking at, you know, our recent performances from the Kansas city chiefs and kind of how we feel about them right now, which it's, I I think deservedly. So there's a lot of pessimism and negativity around the chiefs right now with their recent run and, you know, playing these backup quarterbacks. I I don't know that that sets you up for postseason success, but I think really all chiefs fans need to see out of this team over the last month of the season is like, just dominate, like just dominate these teams. Don't leave any room for error. Don't leave any question marks. Like maybe the offense isn't going to, or I think we know for a fact, the offense probably isn't going to drop 35 points or anything at this point in the season, but just win convincingly and, and give everybody some optimism heading into the playoffs. Even if you don't wind up clinching the first round by put yourself in a position where we at least feel a little bit more confident about this team moving forward into the postseason. Yeah. I think from a matchup standpoint, you're not really going to be able to garner much confidence from just simply winning. Uh, you know, I know that Andy Reid will kind of always say that every team is, is good in the NFL and everyone gets paid and all that, but you are facing four backups in a row, four quarterbacks that did not start the season uh, as the starting quarterback in their respective cities. And so I think, yeah, uh, I think fans will feel a lot better if the Chiefs go out and win convincingly four games and just look a little bit sharper and aren't making the same dumb mistakes that we've seen throughout the year, the offensive line penalties, the turnovers, the lead lead in drops. Um, 
I, I just feel like if they were to play clean football the rest of the way, they should win these games convincingly and everyone will feel a little bit more confident in the playoffs. But, it, it, you know, if there's a downside to that stretch at the end here, it's that it's not like you're going to maybe you know, beat a contender in a couple weeks and, and feel like, okay, um, you know, we're, we're a good squad. I think the closest thing to that, this is just my opinion in, in watching the games. I watch a lot of games um, is that uh, Jake Browning Bengals team. Browning has been a, a pleasant surprise and as, of these four quarterbacks, uh, you know, as we mentioned, I'm Zappi, O'Connell, uh, will be Browning in a couple weeks here, and then Easton Stick. I think that Browning has looked the closest to a quarterback that teams are going to be interested in that don't have a true quarterback right now that might be able to find a spot for uh, 2024, uh, you know, when Joe Burrow returns to the, the Bengals. So, Maybe you can make a case for that game, especially if the Bengals keep winning. That's a New Year's Eve game at about 325 local time at Arrowhead Stadium. But, um, yeah, uh, the only, I think, true feel of confidence, positivity is, A, winning out, but also, B, just winning out in a way where you are showing we're, we're truly a better team than, than the team we have on, on the schedule. Yeah, I, I think it's exactly that. Like, we know how talented – this team is overall and the defense is, you know, getting, getting off these slow starts, the offense continuing to make mistakes. Like uh, I mentioned it on the rapid reaction show, like the chiefs only have two games this entire season where they have not turned the ball over on offense. Like, you know, e even in a, a, an easier schedule moving forward, like the Patriots defense is, is solid. The Bengals defense is solid and the Raiders defense has been playing much better uh, recently. So like there's some matchups here where you can kind of fine tune and, and tweak some things, but you just want to see them be dominant because they should absolutely dominate the rest of the schedule moving forward. And something that is at least trending in the right direction is wide receiver Rishi Rice. Uh, played 84% of the snaps on Sunday. And as our very own John Dixon noted in his snap count write up, like it's the first time this season where a Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver has really played like a full starters allotment of snaps, which is absolutely insane, Pete. Like you, you see these star caliber players that are playing like 95% of the snaps, and the Chiefs have just had this crazy rotation all season. And we've just been screaming, play Rasheed Rice more, get him on the field more. He's the only guy that's been effective. He needs the reps. He's got to get better as a, as a rookie playmaker. And it seems like that's finally trending in the right direction. So I, I think that's another thing to be on the lookout for this offense. Hopefully that trend continues. Like he deserves to be on the field 90% of the snaps the rest of the way. Like he should be outpacing everyone else in that wide receiver room. Yeah, and I mean, I'll I'll say it, and I I know that it's kind of uh, shadowed by by what happened at the end of the game, and, and overshadowed in a way. But I, you know, I think Kadarius Tony should probably be number two. I mean, you saw what he can do when he's healthy, and he was able to get more snaps in this game. It was twenty nine uh, snaps, which is certainly an uptick that that we have seen in previous weeks. Uh, I think one of the bigger messages is, is who was getting the least amount of snaps. Richie James was up 11 from four, but Valdez Scantling was down to 22, which was what, fifth in, in the snap counts, which is probably about right. Yeah. Uh, Let's get know, that down to like 15 as far as. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think it should really, you know, when you talk about the receiver room, be led by Rice and Tony, you know, I think your, your best options, uh, your best options to have them on the field together. 
uh, as much as possible, you know, when you do have two or more receivers on the field. And then, you know, if you kind of want to figure out who's the hot hand for that that third wideout role, I really like Justin Watson. I, I know that he's been a little bit quieter this year, but I, I, I know that the team really feels like he has the playbook down and will be able to run all the routes, run all the plays. And so, you know, you can see Watson being that, that third player. Uh, and then, you know, you go down the line here. I, I would still like to see a little bit more opportunity for Richie James. He kind of fits in that Tony category where, there's just a certain explosiveness from these two guys that you, you don't get from the rest of the room. But, yeah, bigger picture, uh, finally, it was week 14. It seems like the snap counts are closer to what we should see in the proverbial like eye test uh, that I think we've all kind of been seeing all year where it feels like the coaching staff is finally matching up to, you know, what to me is – I hate to criticize, you know, so hard here, but it, but it's been – obvious right like rice should have been yeah. uh playing a lot more earlier on uh and and finally he is so I, I think that's a good thing that they were able to figure it out and you see the the fruit of that right you see the fruit of that it was uh 10 targets for rice seven catches for 72 yards and a touchdown so clearly above and beyond uh, a better option than the rest of the room but i'm, I'm glad that uh, the rest of the room is is, is kind of falling into you know what we've seen as as far as production uh, you know throughout this this season. I totally agree with you on Richie James too because just o- over his NFL career so far, like I-, I feel like we know exactly what Richie James can be if he's got a role in an offense, and we know exactly what these other guys have been all season. Like we're so late in the season now. I, I don't have any expectations moving forward for MVS and, and Sky Moore and those guys because they've just failed to contribute for a vast majority of the season. So let's see what you got in Richie James. Let's get him more in the mix. And I, it does feel like that's at least trending in the right direction. Like they're starting to figure things out, even though it's probably quite a bit later in the season than we would prefer. And uh, another positive that came out of Sunday's game that I think is going widely overlooked because it's because of the frustration of the way that game ended and another chiefs loss, but rookie tackle Wanye Morris had an impressive first NFL career start in this one. Like he looked pretty good against a talented bills defensive line. And uh, it's going to go overlooked probably because, you know, we're here in Kansas city. We're talking about super bowl rings uh, for the most part. And, and, and kind of looking down the line in the playoffs and saying, like, how does this team match up with these other elite teams in the NFL? But if the Chiefs have an answer there at left tackle in, in this rookie offensive lineman that they drafted moving forward, that is a huge win for them down the line. When you talk about looking forward to next season and, you know, the Chiefs didn't really have an answer there past this season with signing Donovan Smith for uh, on a one year contract. And then all of the other things and decisions that they have to make this offseason, especially on the defensive side of the ball. If Wanya Morris can be that starter moving forward, that is a huge advantage for the Kansas City Chiefs here in the next couple of years. Yeah, you're, you're looking also at him uh, right now pretty raw and it, it's been OK, which is which is good. But I mean. When you're talking about future years, it's uh, it's a case where in the offseason, he's going to be put through a weight program. And you know, you got to imagine as someone who's trying to be a starting left tackle in the NFL, that's a very lucrative position. He's going to give it his all as far as putting on good weight and, and 
being a little bit stronger when he comes in next year. And I, I completely agree when you are building a team and you want to have uh, sustained, consistent success, you, you have to have players that can start on their rookie contracts. And we're seeing that right now, right? Like Trent McDuffie, uh, George Karloff, uh, you, know, you, you go down the list. So Jerry Sneed is still on his rookie contract. Same thing with, uh, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, uh, you know, and, and Isaiah Pacheco. Those guys being on their rookie deals and starting allows you to keep under the cap your stars, right? And and I, I think such a key to um, building consistent championship, uh, a consistent championship contender. And the Chiefs have important guys that, you know, the guys that, that they um, see as important and, and valuable to keep. Uh, coming up, Legere Sneed is coming up, right? Um, down the line, you'll get Trent McDuffie. They want to take care of Nick Bolton. You also have the guys I just mentioned with their rookie contracts coming to an end. So now Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith are not going to be as cheap for you. And so where do you kind of pick that up? Well, you have a left tackle that'll be on his, his rookie deal for three more seasons. So um, it all goes into that roster build. Uh, the good news, I think I saw this report last week. There, it was a little bit of a gray area, so we didn't write it up or anything. But uh, it seems like business is going well, and the salary cap may be going up a little bit more than we've seen a tendency in previous years. So that helps too. I mean, anytime you're able to give uh, Brett Beach and and uh, you know, I'm, I'm saying this in a very nice way. But um, the key nerds in the personnel department, uh, in Chris Shea and, and Brant Tillis and all the creative ways that they work these contracts under the, uh, the cap, uh, that's going to be another advantage for Kansas City uh, doing this. And so they got to take care of a lot of their players. And they also need to, I think, reload as far as weapons go in the offseason. So good to see that there's going to be room to, to do all that as they go. Yeah, if they really have something here in their third round rookie offensive lineman at uh, one of the five most important positions in football, like that is how you keep winning for a long time. You draft those guys and you can put them right in the starting lineup and get a lot out of them before they reach their second contract. So that could be a huge win for the Chiefs moving forward. Uh, continue to pay attention to what Wanye Morris is doing. Um, he, he could really be an impactful player for them down the line. Uh, we'll hear from head coach Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes later on this afternoon, so make sure you're on the lookout for that right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We'll get our first injury update ahead of the Chiefs Week 15 matchup against the New England Patriots. Uh, just a couple housekeeping things here as uh, safety Brian Cook did go to IR finally last week ahead of the Chiefs and Bills game. And then on Wednesday, Pete, we'll be paying really close attention to the status of Isaiah Pacheco. Is Obviously, he's out last week with a shoulder injury, and then there was a report that you know, the injury was a little bit worse than they initially feared, and Isaiah Pacheco was having a hard time like lifting his shoulder over his head. Um, it's not what you want to hear, but you have to think that Clyde looked pretty good last week, Jarek McKinnon in the mix, and... Hopefully they get Pacheco back on the field here pretty soon, but I tend to think they're going to play it safe with their uh, star running back. It, is they, it, it seems like they could win these games without him here down the stretch. Yeah, down the stretch, I think you're fine with, with the split. We saw what McKinnon was able to do last December and January. He's a part-time player. He was able to win AFC Offensive Player of the Month. You know, I think they kind of continue to lead into him in that short passing game. Uh, continue to, to get these wins, but yeah, if there is room for Pacheco to come back, it seems like there is. They didn't put him on injured reserve. You're going to want him for the postseason. Um, I, I mentioned it before, and I'll say it again. This particular year, he's been the most important Chiefs offensive player. So 
Uh, if you're able to win your games in the meantime and add him back for the playoffs, what a what a huge boost that would be to to get him back. Um, and it and it adds a degree of well, how does that change the Chiefs' offense, right? Like if he's not playing these next couple games, it's going to show something different, and then you have to check go back in the mix, and that also adds to that mysteriousness, that creativity of Andy Reid. And so, um, look, I I think it's been a tough year, a tougher year that than we've experienced. Um, in Kansas city, as far as football in, in, in a long time. Uh, but uh, I think there are some positives to hang your hat on. And I don't think this thing is over. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. It's not like um, I feel differently. I'll, I'll, I'll try to put this in a, in a, in an honest way. I feel differently if the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys happen to be in the AFC, but the, the, the time, the next time that you would see one of those teams is in the Super Bowl, And that's still to me, um, what, two months from today. Right. So I know it's championship or bust every year in Kansas City, but a lot changes in the game of football in two months time. And so, look, um, the scenario has kind of played out where you get a good stretch here. You should win these games and, you know, then you then you go and see what you have. Uh, but I still think a lot can change. And uh, and there's still uh, a very good possibility that Kansas City could win the AFC, and then you kind of see what happens if they do make it to that final game. Yeah, I, the Chiefs have really done everything in their power to allow someone else to step up and say we're the best team in the AFC this season. Yeah, and this nobody's is, done it. Like nobody, nobody has claimed it so far. This is so you know naturally because of his statistics and what he's been able to do so far the MVPs the championships the two title you know the two titles Mahomes has put himself in, in these comparisons with Tom Brady and at the beginning of his career he deserves that we'll see what happens 15 years from now how many championships he have how many accolades and, and we'll see about a, a true comparison there for his career Tom Brady very obviously is still the greatest NFL player of all time um however you know like I I just think about these years um, of, of Brady where Brady was the man and there were these seasons and, you know, this is reality. There will be these seasons where maybe that particular team around him wasn't as good as some of the other years. And you saw that and the Patriots were bounced from the playoffs. This is one of those golden opportunities for Kansas city, because we mentioned it like T, T Higgins, for example, I'm not saying he's coming to Kansas city, but he's a free. There's a, Receivers like him out there. There's there's great receivers in the draft while it's going to be a quarterback draft. So even if the Chiefs are picking 28 to 32, now you're talking about the, the early 20s because you don't need a quarterback. You know what I mean? So that bump. So what I'm what I'm saying is this is all this is, this is all they're going to be a lot better next year. I mean I'm sure of that, especially on offense. And so I just I think this is a golden opportunity for the the rest of the AFC. And I I think if the Chiefs find a way to win and break through the AFC and the Lamar Jacksons and the Trevor Lawrence's, I know he's hurt, but Justin Herbert's and, and a Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow's also, but they're going to look at this year and be like, my God, um, this was one of those years, like back in the olden days where Peyton Manning and the Colts could have went through because Brady didn't have a good enough team. And uh, how sick will these fan bases be if they're not able to take advantage of what has been one of the weaker Mahomes' teams, if not, maybe the weakest, the youngest um, in, in a long time. And so we'll see. Uh, I think causing that frustration and proving everybody wrong is now on the table again for Kansas City. I mean, you've seen some of the posts on X. You've seen some of the, the talk uh, online. We've reposted uh, the Buffalo News um, depicting Patrick Mahomes as a baby. 
Uh, the bear, as they say, has been poked, and we'll see if the, the Chiefs can really upset everybody by going on a run here and, and saying, you know, even in our one of our weaker years, we're still better than you. Yeah, uh, I think everything is still on the table for the Chiefs this season. Uh, you know, d- despite the frustrations and the growing pains that we have seen this year, everyone else in the AFC has still left the door open for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, still got plenty of football to play. Uh, again, I want to remind you that we'll have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes available for you on From the Podium later on this afternoon. So, be on the lookout for that. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Everything that we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. You can follow Pete on Twitter at PG Sween. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow on the next edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premiere is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.